You know who you sound like? People in the 90s who was down on the internet. Bro, oh, you should. Now look at us doing video calls with headsets on mics. And Bro, I can't wait till me up. and Dikembe are rolling around in our virtual yachts and Albert gonna... is just walking around with you a land. I'm going to be walking on the land, nope. on earth. By yourself. The real land, By yourself, on the sidewalk. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the Atomi area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my God! One, we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 51 of the First Sit Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest. We have Sean Deckmar here with us today. The reason for that is there is craziness going on in the stock market. So why not bring on our good friend, who is the founder of Tradecaster.com, formerly Deckmar Trades. He is 28 years old, and the kid has already made over $2 million within the stock market and his business. So what's going on in the world? We needed to bring on an expert to talk about it some more, who we've already had on and we've been, he's been received well. So with that being said, Deck, thanks so much for coming on, man. As always, thank you so much for inviting me back. You know, I love uh, just coming on here and just having like a nice laid back podcast, but also just telling everyone what's up, what's currently going on. And, you know, I love being able to come on the first sip. Yeah, dude. This is it. We're building our own platform here. Yes. We're like a CNBC of podcasting. Sure. Uh, with that with that being <laughs> wow. said, Deck. We're doing big things. Yeah, we're doing really big things. Deck, what are you sipping on today for this episode, pal? <sighs> I'm on that Florida Publix purified water. <laughs> is is how is the bottled water in Florida? Is it better? Everything's better in Florida. It's, it's all right. Are it's you on the Publix train or is that just like a local thing? Uh, I honestly, the best thing down here is Fresh Market. You ever, you ever hear that? No, never heard of that. Oh, Fresh Market is just it, it, everything is like fresh. It, well, I, I'm like a huge fan of just always buying chicken and seafood and salmon. Okay. And it's just everything is local. Okay, I like that. Oh, that's like cool. That. Like, so compare it to, it, would it be better to go to a fresh market over like a Whole Foods? Yeah, it would be like, it, it's it's just everything is it's fresh. <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> There's nothing really else I can say about yeah. it. I thought we didn't mess with Whole Foods. I don't. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We I hate mess, Whole Foods. We don't mess with Whole Foods. In no, I, I do not mess with Whole Foods at Don't send all. us any partnerships no. unless the price is right. Yeah, well, unless, well we unless the price is right. Yeah, I mean, we could and entertain. We could entertain something. Mm-hmm. So, and we could probably send Whole Foods some better ideas, you know, because they need some innovation. Mm-hmm. So, here we go. I see you rocking out of the Gatorade Zero. No sugar? No. So, this is a, well, it was Gatorade Zero, um, but this is actually just BCAAs. I was just at the gym. But what I want to talk about, actually, what was my first sip last night? Um, so I'm trying to cut out aspartame, the artificial sweetener. We talked about this. Yeah. So I bought Virgil's diet soda. It's called. I can't. I can't like a diet soda. I just can't do it. And it's sweetened with stevia, dude. The Virgil's Coke, the Virgil's Diet Coke, is phenomenal. If you can find it anywhere, it's delicious and it's never heard of it. All natural. I've never heard of it either. Yeah. It, I don't really mess with diet soda. I love diet soda. I'd rather stick with my tea. I, I just love it. I need it. I'd rather it's stick with so my tea. Good. Can you actually taste the significant difference between normal soda and diet soda? Uh, for sure. Oh, 100%. Oh, for sure, dude. Especially really? like a fat soda drinker like me, 100%. Definitely. It's you sit not- me down, I'll call it out any day. <laughs> Blindfold me, I will name them. That's what I'm saying. It's just a problem, man. I mean, that's some good YouTube content right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Dikembe? Mm. Today, yes. what we're sipping on? Yes. Oh, well, you know, we're on the uh, holistic health train here. Yes. So this year is the year of health is wealth, and we are sipping on some lemon, ginger, turmeric tea. Dude, he has real deal like turmeric sliced up in that cup. And like ginger, Dikembe does it. This is what we do, people. Yeah, it's not like a baggie. 
No, no. Yeah. Go to the market. Their roots in his cup. Go to your produce store. <laughs> chop it up. That's the day. fresh market. You can get that down. <laughs> yeah, you see? Go, so yeah. we're back on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Go yeah. there tomorrow. Yeah. Get your ginger and twelve roots. Lemon. Yeah. Chop it up. You'll love it. So um, let's dive in, dude. The market has been free falling, right? Any Joe Schmo can see that everything yeah. is red on their stocks app, and it's been that way for a week. What's mm-hmm. going on? Why is this happening? And what's the future look like? Okay, there are a few different reasons on why the stock market is currently falling at this moment. It all goes back to the start of the pandemic. So when the pandemic first hit, COVID first came around, and it was something that we really were not ready for. The big fear was we were going to have a bubble burst, or we were going to have some sort of crash that happened in 2008. Not in the housing market, of course, but just something along those lines that we were going to dive into a very deep recession. Now, the Federal Reserve, they thought to themselves and said, what can we do to keep the economy moving? How can we stimulate the economy? And the best way to do that is going to be lower interest rates. Lower interest rates allow people to go out and buy houses, buy things that they may not be able to afford usually because we're going to drop our interest rates. Then on top of that, let's print out more money. Printing out more money, people are going to have more money to spend. And with the interest rates low, we're going to be able to stimulate the economy the best we can. Now, it worked. That was great over the past year and a half. And we saw some companies such as technology companies absolutely soar. If you take a look at the SPY, which is again, the top 500 companies in the United States, we actually saw the SPY continue to spike up towards record highs. Actually last year in 2021 was one of the best performing years throughout history. Usually on average, we have about a 15% return on the S&P 500. Last year we had a 27% return. So that was huge for anyone that was holding any sort of long-term investments. On top of that, we also saw the crypto market, as you know, went absolutely crazy and Bitcoin went wild. Ethereum went absolutely wild. And you just see a ton of like a brand new niche of traders head over to cryptocurrencies. And it seems like no matter what you did over there, you couldn't lose. But as all things, eventually it has to come down to an end. We can't keep printing out money forever. And what happens when we keep printing out money? Eventually, inflation is going to take its toll. So inflation started hitting, what, 35-year highs. That started happening around November. And around November is, of course, when Bitcoin started crashing on down. Around November is when we start seeing little tiny pullbacks. And really, at the start of this year is when the SPY started falling. Now, why did the SPY start falling right at the start of 2022? Well, that's because it's the start of the new year, and there's a few different reasons. Number one, we can't keep printing out money. We have to, again, bring interest rates back. Now, last time we dealt with inflation, I believe it was in the 1970s or 1980s, we had to do uh, we had to um, bring interest rates up once again. And that led to a recession that led to a drop. So the big thing is if that happened again, 50, 60 years ago, and we do the same exact concept. Now, people are just saying what happens in the past most likely is going to happen into the present. And people are getting nervous, we're going to have those pullbacks. Because obviously, when interest rates are up, people are going to hold their money, they can't afford to do certain things that they were doing, such as again, buying all these houses, and, ob- and then the markets could easily drop. On top of that, just a little you know, fun fact out in the market is over the past 60 years, whenever we turn into the S&P 500 around midterm elections, midterm elections, we're moving into the second year. Again, Joe Biden's been president. We always see pullbacks to actually start the year. So this has happened for, as I said, about 80, 100 years. If you go in the past, 
every single midterm elections, you always have the first four months of the market falling, uh, falling down. Now it's falling on down right here in a little bit of a crazy time. As I already stated, 27% return last year. As I already stated, very low interest rates, highest inflation. So you basically have the highest uh, the stock market has ever been. Now on top of that, we're putting interest rates back. On top of that, we also have midterm elections of uh, bringing everything on down. And you basically just have fear in the overall market. We actually have an indicator called the VIX, the VIX, which is going to gauge how much fear is in the market. And we actually had last week, it was at one of the highest levels it has ever been. And that basically just helps us understand how scared Wall Street is. And seeing it all the way up near around a 37, I'll just tell you, usually if it goes above a 30, which it rarely ever does, that's where there's going to be an, a very strong drops. Having a 37 is ridiculous, which is why the SPY fell into correction territory last week. Correction territory is when the S&P 500 falls more than 10% from its highs. Right now, we are in correction territory. If we fall down to 20%, that's when we'll be considered in a recession. Mm. Wow. You, you literally just knocked off my first question right there. Because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about a correction this, correction that. And once again, you know, the average Joe is probably sitting there like, what in the world is a correction? Right. I just yeah. see stocks going down. I see my 401k going down. But what does that mean? Right. So I'm happy you broke down. You know, it's 10% like decline from the high. Yeah, 10% drop from the high. That is a correction. 20% is a recession. And then once we start breaking 40, that's usually when it's considered a depression. Mm -hmm. And you also brought up too about like, you know, the just influx of money that we saw throughout the pandemic and how it kind of affected a lot of the stocks. Now, when you look at some of the stocks that are really taking a, a plunge now, right? Things like Peloton, mm -hmm. things like Zoom. Um, is that exactly like what happened with it? Did people put a whole bunch of money into these stocks thinking that they were really worth something? And well, yeah. And then also you just got to think about it's just normal life. You know, a lot of times, you know, stock trading in the stock market, we get so wrapped up in what are the business, you know, financials, you know, what's the company's outlook, what are the earnings reports, what is this and what's that, what's the PE ratio. Sometimes if you just take a step back and just think about it in a broader view, things just make a lot more sense. Peloton went on a huge rise because everyone was stuck in their house. You know, I bought a Peloton. And the reason why is because, you know, gyms weren't open. People didn't want to go to a gym. Everyone, again, just bought a Peloton so they could ride a bike in their house. And they were able to stay fit during times that things weren't open. Guess what? Everything's back open now. It's not, it's not like the company has bad financials and they're changing anything that they did before. It's us, the people, you know, the way we live is changing. We, again, only, again, use Zoom so much because we had to. We, again, bought Pelotons because we had to. We don't have to anymore. So that's why everything has been falling. Netflix actually had its worst day it's ever had. It had one of the biggest drops it has ever seen. Last time I had this big of a drop was actually in 2012. It surpassed that. And that's because guess what has happened? There's more streaming options. And on top of that, not as many people are sitting in their house anymore, just sitting all day watching Netflix. Now, Netflix still had a great earnings report, but with competition and also the fact that people aren't just sitting around anymore and people are out doing things, they're not going to have you know as great as revenues as they had before. So we're seeing kind of a, a little bit of a scary time because there's a lot of more competitors in the market right now. People are raising prices to stay competitive. And then on top of that, we're also having all these interest rates come back on up and we're having a lot of people going to have to start saving some money. So it's a little bit of a scary time in the market to actually see what's going to be able to hold on up. But everything that 
did spike during COVID is starting to come back on down at this moment, not because they're bad companies. It's just basically they became overvalued because a lot of traders just bought things on up because they're trying to make a quick buck. That's what, again, a lot of traders do. That's what I do. All I do is play stocks based off momentum, momentum, whatever is spiking, whatever is ripping, whatever is running, I'm going to jump in and I'm just trying to get a little bit of that as well. The moment it starts falling, I throw it away and I say, hey, not worth it for me anymore. And a lot of people do that as well. They short it. They take profits. They just throw it off to the side. If everyone does that, the whole entire company collapses on down. Hmm. So you just touched on one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast and, and continue on the market. But a sidebar, you said they short it. Dude, what is the, the basic of what a short is? And is it something that like the entire public can do? Mm-hmm. Because if if this is going to continue, right, is yeah. it now the short time to to just bet on everything free falling? Yeah. So I mean, so in simple terms for everyone who's listening, a short is just you are betting against the stock. Usually the classic term is you buy low, you sell high. Shorting is just you bet that the stock is going to fail. So the majority of the money that I made last year, nearly all of it, all I did was short penny stocks. Now, the majority of stocks that spike on up in the penny stock world, they're all based off like pump and dumps. Even when they have good press releases, a lot of people just buy these plays just because they're trying to get a big morning spike, a big morning rip. Because what happens? A press release comes out, this person buys it, this person buys it, this person buys it, this person buys it. And you know what happens? The stock becomes extremely overvalued extremely quickly. We're talking about 100% movers in a day. Once you see a penny stock spike up 100% in the day, guess what happens? Everyone just says, it's never going to hold that, let's just short it on down. And you're making money as the entire stock market falls or as that stock falls. Now, talking about right here, a lot of people are shorting different positions. They're shorting the SPY, or again, they're taking put contracts, which is betting that the market's going to fall if you're into options instead of shares. Then on top of that, you could basically short any sort of company. So let's just say this to make it simple. If you believe that we are about to go into recession over the past 100 years that we've had in the stock market, I'm a big average person because again, past chart history can definitely tell what's going to happen in the future. We fall on average around 34%. Right now we're down about 10%. So we really could have another 24% drop on the SPY where you can make money on anything you know that is a blue chip play. Remember the S&P 500 is made up of the top 500 companies in the United States. That's going to be Netflix, Apple, IBM, Microsoft, Tesla, all those companies that everyone knows. Yes, you can short them if you believe that what's going to happen interest rates are going to be rising. That's going to be a Wednesday. They're actually having a meeting, which is tomorrow, depending on when you guys put this out. Uh, there's a Fed's meeting, of course, tomorrow, and that's going to be a massive decision. If they say that we're going to have an interest rate hike coming on up, definitely expect the markets to drop where you can basically short everything. And also right now we are in earnings season. Earnings season is basically like a, a report card. We get four earnings every single year and they're uh, mandatory. That's going to help the public understand how their investments are doing. So if I put money in Tesla, I want to have updates on Tesla on how Tesla is doing. I don't want to put money into a company and never hear from them again. So every single company has to put out an earnings report once um, once every quarter, four quarters in a year to understand how that company is currently doing. So we have a huge week of earnings. We call it earnings season. It happens, as I said, four times. And basically, we bang out as many different big blue chip earnings as we can. Now, a lot of these times, if you take a look at Netflix, as we just talked about, it had that massive drop because it had very bad earnings. If Apple has bad earnings, guess what happens? The S&P 500 falls. If Tesla has bad earnings, guess what happens? The S&P 500 falls. So not only do we have a Fed's meeting tomorrow, we also have a massive week of earnings and then everything else going on, a lot of people are taking this time to short. Can anyone do it? 
Absolutely. You know, you, you can't do it if you just open up like a Robinhood account. But yes, if you have, again, certain brokers, you can go ahead and short plays, which just means you are betting that the stock is going to fall rather than go up. And right now is a great time to short. And nearly all penny stocks are failing because the S&P 500 is the you know godfather of the stock market. It's basically when you look at Bitcoin. You know, there's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, there's Dogecoin, but when Bitcoin falls, nearly everything else falls. When Bitcoin rises, you can definitely see a lot of these little altcoins have a better chance of rising as well. So right now is a, a great time to go ahead and look for shorts, especially anything that pops up, we can assume that they're probably going to be falling in the near future. Hmm. Well, first, uh, first things first, people, uh, Dior, do your own research. We like to say that. Yeah. We're having some financial info because, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, like you said, there's a lot going on with that. There's a lot involved with shorts, you know, just trading options in general. So just make sure you understand what you're doing before you uh, hop into it. Yeah, we take no liability for anything you guys do. Also, real quick, you brought up Apple, too, in their earnings report. Mm -hmm. I, um, they didn't uh, do their earnings yet, right? No, I think it's coming. No, it comes out Thursday. Did you see that they're supposed to report doing like $118 billion in revenue? In a quarter. I, I mean, I have no, I haven't looked into it. The thing is, everyone always asks me. They always say the roof. They did 110 billion last um, this time last year. It's. I mean, when you think about it, everyone has like an Apple iPhone. Everyone, okay. you know, everyone. Apple. I would say Apple and Amazon literally like run the world in business wise. Like I order from Amazon nonstop, yep. and then everyone has an iPhone, iPhone chargers. You know, so I wouldn't be shocked by it. And staying on that, like you talk about the real like, competitive advantage that some of these companies had, right? Like you talk about like how Peloton really, okay, they have the bikes, but other than that, like what do they really have, right? And now there's talks that Apple might Check go out. ahead and actually offer, you, well, just go ahead and buy out Peloton. And when you think about like what a Apple already has in their ecosystem from a fitness and health standpoint, it would be a crazy, crazy partnership. Well, mm -hmm. buyout at that point. But then also you see what happened with Microsoft right buying over activision bringing in call of duty and that into the world and, and that's kind of the crazy thing about today as well like we we have so much social media and there's so many big followings in different ways like you can think about meme stocks and meme stocks sometimes spike harder such as gamestop or amc sometimes you know there's a huge cult following on whatever elon musk puts out you know i have notifications every single time elon musk tweets because sometimes out of the blue he'll just say something random and everyone assumes he's talking about a certain stock and the stock goes on a massive rip and run so i mean just the stock market it is so crazy nowadays and it's so different than just our probably great grandparents or even our parents right you know the thing is we're kind of the first generation of true traders true traders on the fact where we don't have to go to wall street we don't have to go to a broker we are literally downloading things from our phone an app from our phone and we can buy and sell within the same day i can go ahead and i can put something on my computer sit in front of my computer buy a stock sell a stock and be able to make money within the same day with that being said with all this technology that we have nowadays obviously big groups are being formed big groups on twitter or stock twits discord or tradecaster.com where i'm live streaming every single day and you can see how people basically are again just you know buying and selling these stocks just depending on you know what's kind of happening in the market and a lot of it is influenced by again the, the traders so you know today's trading is definitely very wild just on uh you know what what's happening in the market and how people perceive it dude what are the risks associated with this with a short though like i know <clears throat> when you buy a stock say you're using robin hood or whatever charles Schwab, yeah. doesn't matter fidelity you can simply just see it. You see it go up or you see it go down. You buy it, then you just sell it. Aren't there different parameters and risks with a short as opposed to simply buying a stock? Yeah. So there's there's one major flaw with shorting. And one major flaw would be 
well, let's think about it like this. If you bought, let's say $1,000, which would be, let's say 1,000 shares of a stock at $1 and it falls down to zero, how much can you lose? You can lose $1,000, right? You can lose your investment if it goes down to zero. What if, again, you short a stock and it goes from $1 to $2? Now you're down 1,000. But what if, again, it keeps going from $2 to $3? Now you're down 2,000. What if it goes from 1,000 to 10,000? Now you're down 9,000. So there is no limit on numbers. If you short, let's say a stock at $1 and all of a sudden overnight, uh, Apple comes out and says, hey, we're partnering with this little penny stock. We believe that it's going to have you know, huge potential. And you wake up the next morning and that $1 stock you were shorting is now at $33. You, know, $33. you owe your broker now $32,000. You may only have you know, $1,500 in your account. You still owe them that money. And it's a very, people, very real thing. People, when, wow. that, when that email notification gets sent mm-hmm. out, listen, I, I was sitting on the other side of it, people coming in saying like, what does this mean? You know, like this email just came through and because you saw a lot of it happen right in the beginning of the pandemic when you had that complete dip, right? Yeah, Everybody so we off. see that. We, it, it, you'll always see if you go through, you know, social media, a lot of GoFundMe accounts, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, like, I feel bad for them. I don't know oh, which ones are real, which ones aren't real, but you'll, you'll see a lot of the times, hey, you know, shorted this position, came out with a press release. I'm currently down $150,000. And people just don't have that. Oh my God. You were talking to David about tax liabilities, bro. Like these things that people do with shorting their account, like that's why we say you got to do your research. Yo, so that's what, 100%. So um, whatever. So say you wanted to short Bitcoin. Bitcoin bounced $2,000 today, right? So say you went in when it was 32,000, you wanted to buy it at 33,000, whatever, it bounced to 35,000 today. So it went up, whatever that is, 8%, whatever. So now you lost the entire risk because it went up, right? And some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, crypto, Bitcoin's a little different because, like, again, it's like two thousand dollars. So, like, the math's like slightly a, a little like different that way. Yeah, oh, uh, but can you sell the position when you realize that it's spiked that much, or are you? Yes. Yeah, so well, a lot of times, a lot of times, um, your broker will you know sell your position for you because the okay. thing is, let's remember, like you're borrowing your broker's money, if, especially if you're on margin or if you're leveraging anything and you're kind of borrowing more money than you should. If you just keep losing, 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 a lot of times your broker is going to cut you out. But sometimes, again, your broker doesn't cut you out and then you are obligated. And a lot of people always say, oh, I'm just going to close my account. You know, I'm just going to exit out of everything. I'll never open it again. And then you got to think about, you know, didn't you when you signed up to that broker, put your name and your address, your social, your license, your social security number. Yeah. Didn't you fund that account through your bank account? It's like people, you know, people are like, oh, no, no, I'm never going to do it again. Like brokers are going to get their money. You know, and that money's coming from however they're going to take it, but they're going to take it from you. So that's the number one issue, of course, with shorting. So the th- uh, so what I usually do is I usually never short overnight because that's when news comes out. News comes out from four o'clock to eight o'clock when the stock market's closed. Now you can uh, get out and in, uh, in positions. A lot of people don't know that. You actually can still trade. It's called after hours from four o'clock to eight o'clock. And you can trade from four in the morning till 9.30. That's called pre-market. And it's just a certain way that you have to trade on your brokerage. You just change a couple different orders and you can trade trade instead of through the market, you're chain, uh, trading from broker to broker. So if there's someone else that's willing to take your position somewhere out, the, uh, out there in the world, you guys can make that transaction. So there is ways that you can get in and out, but I still never like shorting overnight because there's nothing worse than putting in a huge short position and you going to sleep and you're just saying to yourself, like, I, I, I got to wake up every 15 minutes to see if there's any sort of news. You know what I mean? Right. So I, because shorting's great. 
You know, when you think about it, especially again, a lot of micro cap plays that I play, very small stocks, nearly all of them, nearly every single one of them is going to fall. I, you know, if there's 99 or 100 plays, 99 will fall. But there's always that one that may all, all of a sudden go from $20 and it goes up to 30. And you're like, okay, the stock's done with, I'm shorting this. And then it goes up to 50 and then you're still holding your short and you say, exactly, come down at some point. Then it goes up to 90. And then, you know, there's always that one or two, like every single year that go on that huge rip and run. Imagine shorting GameStop at $40 thinking it's going to turn and it's shot all the way up to 490. You know, think about those people who just blow up their whole entire accounts. Yeah. And that's the thing, but people were killing themselves, right? It wasn't, wasn't that I mean, how do we, how do we, one kid, I, I, I can't speak on that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. One I thought kid I saw himself and left nail for his parents, like showing like what he did and all that stuff. Like, um, but you, when you, all that stuff you just brought up just brings me back to the point again. I think people have to really sit back and understand what their personal risk tolerance is. Right? Oh, that's what it all comes down to. And that's like the I'll thing, you know, a lot of times when I'm live streaming all my trades, you know, I'll trade with a bigger account mm -hmm. and then someone, you know, that's why I never want anyone to just follow what I'm doing because it does come down to account size. You know, if I'm taking a, a, a risk and you take a risk, our risk tolerances are going to be two completely different things. You know, let's say I short a stock with, you know, $100,000 and you short a stock with $5,000. If I take, you know, a $3,000 loss, that's, you know, 3% of my account. If you take, again, a $3,000 loss, that's going to be, you know, 60% of your account. So it's going to be And that's probably like all the money they have too. Yeah, like, let's, let's you know, exactly. Like so so that's why I, I want to make sure money. that you actually know what you're doing before you short. But I'll tell you right now, shorting, to me, more predictable, shorting to me, more profitable. Everyone's always trying to find what's the best breakout, what's the best spike, what's the best rip, what's the best run. And so we're, we have 8,357 options that are currently available to trade. Do you think, again, it's easy to find the number one best spiker every single day? A lot of times, again, a couple slip you by, but what does every single trader do? They get emotional and they say to themselves, okay, well, there it is right there. I want to buy it. Well, why do I want to buy it? Because it just spiked $10. Okay, so now again, you're buying a stock that just spiked $10. Instead, we could just wait for it to start turning. Then we just short it. We know it's coming down then. So basically what I like to do with my trading strategy is have the answer given to me. Instead of, again, trying to find the one out of 8,000, the one out of one is already given to us. Now, again, we just wait for it to fall and we'll make money nearly every time. So mm. you, you brought up, um, you know, just kind of keeping an eye out for news, you know, and seeing like what's going on with the market and, you know, just, just being aware. Can you mm -hmm. recommend some, some resources, some just Honestly, right now, to just stay up to date with everything, what I would do is just read CNBC.com like every morning. Now, this is not obviously CNBC.com isn't going to tell you how to trade, but during like this crazy time on the stock market, you're always going to stay up to date on when the next Fed's meeting is, you know, what's the next big, you know, press release. If you're just day trading, you know, it's not going to help you too much, but I always like to stay up to date on what's going on with the entire market. You know, so if I go over to CNBC.com right now, it's going to tell me, you know, all right, hey, we have a Fed's meeting tomorrow. Okay, we have Tesla earnings tomorrow. Okay, we have Apple's earnings on Thursday. And these are all going to affect, again, the, the overall outlook. So, you know, that's, that's the number one thing I would say, just simple, easy, calm, cool, collective. Also, every single morning, you know, I sent out a morning newsletter. I sent out a morning newsletter that's just going to tell you everything and all my thoughts at this moment. So I, I read CNBC and I take you know data from being here every single day, uh, trading the markets every single day, looking at what are going to be you know some of the, the hot topics, and I send that out to you know anyone who wants it. But if you're just you know an average person just trying to get into it, just again go to CNBC.com every single morning, see what again the main headline is.
Uh, and make sure we tag that in the notes. <clears throat> Check that out, people. Sign up for uh, Deckmar's newsletter. Yeah, for real. So, uh, last question for you on shorts, then, dude. Isn't wouldn't watching the VIX, the like fear indicator that you talked about, wouldn't that be like a guide to short? Yeah. Like, well, if fear is rising. Wouldn't they just be an inverse? Let me piggyback on that. Not only that, but if you can also recommend, what indicators do you recommend to people? Right. If they're maybe if you can do it for shorts and also for like long term investing, like what are your favorite indicators to use? The easiest indicator that's, you know, that just there's one easy indicator that everyone uses in the market that makes, again, your life very simple. And I wish, you know, I could show you guys this as well. It's just called the RSI. The RSI is the relative strength index. The way to read it is you can go to www.stockcharts.com. Go to stockcharts.com, type in any sort of ticker you want. That could be Tesla, TSLA, Apple, AAPL. And all you have to do is look on top of the chart. On top of the chart is going to be the RSI. The RSI, how to be able to play this is there is going to be a little squiggly line. And anytime that line is above a 70, it's considered overbought. Whenever that line is underneath a 30, it's considered over um, oversold. So whenever a stock is overbought, guess what happens? People sell their shares, people short the stock, and the stock slowly fades and drops on down until it hits a 30 or lower, which would be oversold. Then it starts moving its way back on up until it hits a 70. So if you actually go type in any sort of play and just say to yourself, all right, hey, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, you know, want to get in on Apple, see what it is on the RSI. If RSI is at a 30 or lower, it's an amazing time to get in. Now, obviously that's a very broad way to talk about it. You don't just always just want to go off that. Obviously you want to look at the chart a little bit more and see what's happening in the world, but that's probably the easiest, most broad way to just go ahead and start trading and say, Hey, I'm buying Apple when it's oversold. I have a great chance of making money down the road. Yeah. Awesome. And once again, you brought up Apple probably because Apple is like my favorite company. I mean, like all around, they're if, tight in. So did I ever ask you that question? Like if somebody was to put a gun to your head and say, what company would you invest in for the rest of your life and never pull your money out? Which one would you do? Probably, it would have to be probably Apple, Tesla or Microsoft. I mean, I'm, why I'm would you not? Apple and Microsoft? Yeah. Why would you not? They run the world. So they have so much cash just available. Just so yeah. much yeah. cash. Dude, 118 billion in a quarter. That is but, so well, Microsoft crazy. Bought, I mean, when they did the so much money. with the Activision deal, they paid for it in cash, 72 billion. Yeah, it, right it, around 70 like, billion. Yeah. Bro, 118 billion and a quarter, dude. I work for one of the largest insurance brokers in the world, mm-hmm. and they are—they're probably sniffing four billion annually. Apple did 118 in a quarter. That is then, so and, crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like when they just could bring in these. When we're kind of going off on a side tangent here about long-term companies, but it's like when you think about all the different things that they're bringing in, the different subscription services. Um, Microsoft now has access. Well, yeah, they've had access to Game Pass, right? Where it's like you have the whole collection of a uh, library of games where you can go in and just explore, do whatever it is you want to do. That right there is what, $16 a month? They have 25 million subscribers. Yeah, I don't know what that math is. And it's, it's only, yeah, it's whatever, only going it's up through the roof, right? Somebody do the math in there. Whoever's listening, do the math and do the jaw drop, all right? But it's. That's crazy. It's, I mean, that also, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Don't want to get too much into it, but Microsoft. You know, working on the metaverse stuff. Also, Facebook changed their name to Meta, and that's where they're going to try to get a ton of subscribers. Dude, so we we want to we want to ask you before we sign off about the metaverse because you you've like talked about how you're going to get into it and actually mm-hmm. buy land, and I'm going to play devil's advocate on that because I have a, an interesting position on that. But okay. last thing on the market, yeah, is it are we in a bad spot? Like people who are listening oh, I, who, who I, might I, retire soon, like are they screwed with their 401ks? Obviously, we have no liability. We, you know, Sean has his Series 6, Series 7, and like is a trusted advisor, but <clears throat> like are we in a bad space? Is it going down? What, what's going uh, on? I personally believe, I personally believe my thoughts, yeah, we are going to go down for a bit. 
but like i'm so excited for it you know like you i'm gonna buy now i just yeah I'm, maybe right? i'm being a little millionaires selfish and millionaires and billionaires are made in a recession yeah exactly you know i'm just i'm so excited for it the, I, I i want things to go on down now i don't want anyone to ever lose money like that's the thing like i i, I can understand if you have long-term investments i don't want anyone to lose any sort of money i don't have any long-term investments. I've pulled everything out. I have nothing in the market at this moment. And the reason why is I want to get everything when it does drop. As we talked about before, the average, again, bear market lasts about 12 to 14 months, 12 to 14 months. Now that doesn't mean we're going to fall for 12 to 14 months. That means most likely we're going to fall for about six months, maybe four months, then maybe sit at the bottom and then slowly work our way back on up. And as I already talked about, there's actually a huge, um, there's a, a website, if you go to fisherinvestments.com and you actually look at the S&P 500 performance around the past 14 midterm elections, that's the title of it. Just look at the last 14 midterm elections. The pattern is exactly the same from 1962 all the way to 2018. Like it's crazy. And every single one of it, I'm looking at it right now, first five months fall and then explosiveness. You know, So really what it comes down to is I'm only dibbling and dabbling in the stock market probably until like June or July. And then from there, I, if we are going to have this pullback, if we are going to have this like recession, I'm just loading up everything because we're going to have 10 to 12 months or 12 to 14 ish months of the stock market slowly fading on off. Then on top of that, we're still considered recession, even when we're building ourselves back on up. The average bull market lasts for 9.8 years, right? That's what it is. So let's just round up to 10 years. So if we do have a recession, let's say, and we do have a 30% pullback, something along those lines, it's like, we're set. We're set for 10 more years, basically. You know, it's like we got, we got, we, we have everything that we want at this point from high inflation to midterm elections, the market's starting to fall, the thing's starting to crack, to, you know, everything we have. And then on top of that, it's like, all right, perfect. Like, this is, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. You know, this is awesome <laughs> over the summer. If all of a sudden these things drop on down, then we got 10 years of just climbing where we can just sit back and probably make, you know, 20, 20%, 25% on all our investments for the next nine years straight. Mm, that's man that is the key people you got to run that back you know we have these episodes sometimes where you got to click back listen to it twice yeah like it's said, it, I, like I'm, I'm i'm stoked for it i'm so excited you said there is is so perfect right because but like you have to have said, the capital it, to be able to thing, be in that position in our lifetime and we once again we talked about this with with natalie last week we are realizing now that these things happen in cycles right because that's the way the system is kind of just engineered right that's the way people's habits just treat the system so at a certain point, right, and we're young enough to realize, like, this is not the first and last time it's happened. And what are we going to do, right, going forward? So if this happens now, 20 years from now, are we going to be positioned for it? We're already going through the beginning of it now. So, yes, like you said, people may not have the capital on hand, so you go ahead and make some moves. But then once again, be defensive. You know, don't go ahead and make dumb decisions right now and say, like, oh, man, maybe this is a good time to hop into Tesla or Apple, right? And maybe I can make, you know, a slight gain throughout this year for what mm. you know to say you got to save increase. up till the summer yeah i mean yeah. when in doubt an increase on a couple hundred bucks it's like it's not worth it you know yeah it's like when in doubt you know the markets move back up and all we have is 10 percent. but it's like i'm i'm just i'm waiting you know i'm gonna wait a bit I mean, obviously i'm not a fortune teller but i'm just gonna do what basically the data tells me it's right kind of, it's, it's, it's average. funny because it's like it's exactly what we talked about with with real estate right i remember when what it probably a year ago before you had brought bought the property and we're talking about kind of waiting and seeing how things are going to go, right? Not just attacking what the hype, you know, and yeah. waited it out, found what it is what, that you needed. And I'll guarantee you're probably a lot happier that you didn't just jump when you, ha when you had the opportunity to, right?
Yeah, it's pretty crazy, honestly. Like in my neighborhood, um, you know, it's a newer development and they're building houses. And I was actually, I like to go on Zillow, you know, a lot of times just to see like what's available. The house, uh, not my next door neighbor, but the one next to that, they actually just sold that lot, building a very similar house to mine. And the thing is, they just sold it for, again, $800,000, mm. which is like re- insane. Way more than I spent mine. Yeah, it's you know? awesome that, appreciation. That appreciation, people. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So, it all, like, I've only lived in my house for not even a year yet, and it's already appreciated a ton you know, just, just seeing that. So the housing market has just been absolutely insane, uh, as you guys know, but just looking at, you know, Zillow and just seeing what people are buying in my neighborhood on the same exact, you know, land and the same property. It's like, what is going on? You know, it's well, just crazy. An interesting thing, right? It's like, at the end of the day, you realize that no matter what market it is that we're really talking about, all these assets kind of react the same way. And if you can kind of understand how to trade like one asset or how to buy one asset, right, you'll understand how to buy an asset in another area. So mm-hmm. just like saying, the housing market went on a crazy boom last year. Had a 19.5% increase in appreciation across That's the country. Crazy. This year, they're projecting an 11% increase, right? Which is still fantastic. So yeah. if you're looking at it, right, it's like, okay, if you can find something that is reasonable, you know, that makes sense, yes, you can get in responsibly. But once again, don't just jump in and, and then end up on the short end of the stick, you know, two years from now. Yeah. So, so uh, while we're, uh, that's great talking about real real estate, sure. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about fake real estate and what the people are doing. What like yourself what you included um, is buying property in the metaverse on the internet. Very controversial topic. It's it's so stupid. But Central tell point. me, tell me, because I know you two are pro it. Tell me why you're gonna do it. Like what what were the okay. steps look like, and and what's your vision behind? Sean literally posted about this online. He wants to buy metaverse land, folks. He wants to buy a house on the internet, (laughs) virtual world. No, no, go ahead, Sean. Tell us why. Okay. Well, let's let's think about it a little differently, okay? Because I know I I I am. I will honestly say, two months ago, three months ago, I was sitting with the same exact thought that you have right now, Albert. Just saying, why in the world would you ever? What? I'm going to keep going when you're done. I got I Okay, okay, but I'm going to I'm going to change your mind today. Okay? Good, good. Okay. So the thing is, I understand buying land on the internet makes no sense whatsoever at all. At all. Right. Zero, okay. right? Yeah. So basically think of the metaverse, let's think about about it as a video game, okay? And let's think about it as Call of Duty, all right? Very popular game Warzone, right? Now, let's say in Warzone we have a hundred million people who play that game. You know, you can look it up. Same exact thing with you know another popular game, Minecraft. Three hundred million people play that game. Now, let's assume that the metaverse is actually going to turn into something. Let's say down the road, people are going to wake up. They're going to throw on goggles or throw in a headset as well, and they're basically going to walk around the metaverse. In the right? Facebook metaverse, right? You're you're talking about because there's like. A bunch of isn't there no, a no, bunch no, of different so i think that's the, that's a distinction we need to make right because people have been bringing that up the metaverse is not specific to one company or because doesn't like, snoop CEO didn't snoop dog like create his own like virtual world that's, that's well that's, part, the, right? that's, so, like, that's the, okay there's, there's yeah. a couple of very popular metaverses right now yeah. okay? okay and the, the one that snoop dog's in is called sandbox mm-hmm. okay now this is probably the most popular one now the thing is sandbox they made their metaverse they made their land now the thing it, is there, yes, is there is finite? no more land. What? It's finite. 
that that's yeah. that's a thing like that's a problem for me the internet can go on forever dude but i okay but why I mean, can't we just make more bitcoin yeah. why hold can't on, we just on, make more I think, bitcoin i think well, this is the thing that people okay make. but they make it so you can't make it like okay that's set the, well that answers the question for well, me well sean that's are good. you familiar like are you familiar with like domain um purchasing like domain names yeah or, a little bit so if people are familiar with that right like if you go and type in firstsip.com yeah it's ours it's not available right it's ours we have firstsip.net oh you know I, why there you go sure firstsip.com is seven thousand dollars Oh, no way. To buy it. Damn, bro. We got, For a website. We got to start making money, dude. So when I look at like, so as Sean is saying, right, you look at virtual, like when people talk about real estate, I don't think we are broadening our minds big enough to understand what virtual real estate we've already been a part of for the past 15 years from MySpace to MSN Groups to Facebook. That's always been a form of yeah. virtual real estate because they've bought it and have been able to bring a wave of people to this virtual place repeatedly. Oh. And if Sean, no, I got you. I, and yeah, no, Dikembe is one hundred percent correct. In, it is going to be crazy to see like people in their virtual avatars going and saying like, "I'm going to go and watch Sean trade into Central Land and his land." Sure, let's hear him talk about his fake house on the fake internet. Go ahead. Okay, I can't wait. So, so let's think about like this. So the thing is that obviously everyone says is, "Oh, you could just make more of it." Okay, but they make it so you can't make more of it. Okay. Okay. In that certain metaverse, there is only a limited supply. Okay. Okay. So there's. Obviously, like in the metaverse, it's like miles and miles where you can walk around. Now we're thinking optimistic. We are 100% thinking optimistic, where basically we are saying that the metaverse is going to turn into the next big thing. And I basically brought up video games before because we have, okay, there's 100 million people who play Warzone. You know, that's how many people play like every week or every month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing with Minecraft. There's 300 million people that do it. Now, just imagine inside Warzone or inside Minecraft, whatever you play, if there was, let's say an acre or a, a, in there, that basically I could go ahead and I could put a big sign that says tradecaster.com. How many people would again see that and be like, oh, yo, tradecaster.com, that's 100 million people who would see that every single month. Right. Imagine if I own that. So mm -hmm. there's one thing right there, just advertising. So let's imagine again, if I bought a property next to the Snoopverse, okay? I know it sounds crazy, but <laughs> let's say again, I bought a property next to Snoop's house, all right? How many people, let's say down the road, are going to again, throw in their headsets, throw in the metaverse, walk around and say, hey, let's go see Snoop Dogg's house. Okay, well, the only way to see Snoop Dogg's house is to walk past my house. And what if, again, I don't build a house? What if I just build a big advertisement sign? Well, now, again, 300 million people are seeing it. Don't you think maybe down the road, AT&T would maybe buy that out or Verizon would buy it out? Think about it like this. Imagine if I bought an acre in Times Square in Manhattan before it turned into Manhattan. Think about that. Insane. And, and, and you could sell it. So you're thinking to like flip it basically eventually. Yes, but you know what's also crazy about this is people already – and I know it, this sounds wild as well, but it is true. People already are already starting their businesses and working full time in the metaverse. I know that sounds crazy too. And you might say, how? You know, how is that happening? Well, a lot of these, if this like uh, sandbox or Decentraland, you know, all these different metaverses, you have the ability to create whatever you want. You can create whatever you want. So what uh, some people have done already is they basically have purchased land. They have gone down and they have created, you can do it outside if you're the owner of the land, and they have created golf courses, they have created casinos, they have created you know go-karts, and what you're doing is you are spending your money, let's say whatever, uh, again, Sandbox, they have their cryptocurrency sand, and it'd be like, hey, you want to come play again, you know, metaverse golf? It's going to cost you just easy rounding number, one sand coin. People say, yeah, here's a sand coin. Here's a sand coin. Or, hey, let's have a golf tournament. It costs 10 sand to enter. Winner takes home 200 sand. Now, little do you know, of course, you convert that to real money. 
So there's a guy right now who has a, a golf course in the metaverse that people pay him. He's making around $15,000 a month right now from people going in, playing the game. And again, he gets you know the, the cryptocurrency coin for it and he converts it to US dollars. So this dude, hold on. So, so just to put it in like stupid terms, right? Yes. This dude went into Sandbox and you just log into it from, from like a website. You can w- go to sandboxgame.com. Or again, the other big one is Decentraland. Okay, That's so the, we got to talk market. about Sandbox. Sandboxgame.com, you log in. Yes. And now are you putting on like a VR headset or are you putting on like an Oculus or, or how no, are they, you they, they, they have it right now on the computer. Cause like playing the with a controller. Of- you're playing. Yeah, you, yeah, you're just watching on a computer. You can play on your mouse and keyboard right now, okay. and because like they're still working on that step of the like the virtual, you know, putting it on because the game officially like hasn't even come out yet because it's supposed to be the next step of like the metaverse, and that's kind of what it's at. So the big thing that I always think about, think about. I remember growing up. You guys probably remember this as well. I remember being like 1998, 1999, and I would go down to Ryan Kearns' house because he lived a couple houses down, and he got the internet. And he would get the internet. And then I would come home and be like, mom, dad, like, are we ever getting the internet? And, and, and they were like, they were like, oh, we don't need that right now. And we got the internet like a year later. And that was like what Windows 98, huge again. Th- look where we're at now. Like I'm talking to you right here. You don't think again, the metaverse where we just throw on some goggles or something and that we could all walk around. You know how many people, and I know it's sad. I know it's a little depressing. You know how many people kind of hate the way they look? You know how many people, again, don't have many friends? You know how many people do not like their current life? What? You're telling me again, millions of people don't want to escape their normal life Bro, and make some sort of problem. avatar where they make themselves good looking or make themselves a dragon. I don't know. That and go ahead and you know work in a different world. We have I get it. The average person is denying how much they already try to escape reality. And when you think about it, like uh, Ricky said it the other day, these things are going to be developed in a way where you have the haptic feedback, where you have the stimulation that are coming from this technology Mm -hmm. that truly makes you feel like you are in another world. And whether or not the I don't want it. I really don't want it. But I just it's going to happen. Good thing. But I'm talking about how disconnected some people really already are, and that is just going to continue to. once again, talk about like, we're talking about a central land, bro, social media 100%. is a virtual world. hundred people live on Instagram and don't post nothing. They don't do anything to contribute to it. They don't have any sort of feeds, but they spend hours a week on that thing. Absolutely. So if they can do that on their phone, what makes you think that if they can go and put on goggles and go into an immersive world with their friends, they wouldn't do that on a daily basis. Oh no, I'm, I'm guys, it's I, I know it's happening. I, it's, I, it's dangerous. I'm not, a, I'm not a non-visionary. I'm just mocking the fact that people are buying fake, not real houses online because people are gonna put on goggles and go live in those houses or stand no, They're not gonna go live in those houses. What do you mean? That their character is basically, right? Like you're like, well, Sean as I said, I mean, you can turn it, you're buying the land to basically make whatever you want. So, so a lot of people are making the land for either advertising or they're starting businesses. Once again, simplify it. Once again, if you look at a domain name right now, if you go and buy a website name, you can make that website into anything, right? It could be another social media platform. It could be for your blog. It can be for, you know, a click font, whatever it is. But as long as you have the ownership of that domain, the possibilities are endless and you can run up the price through the roof. I think a couple of years ago, Google had lapsed their domain ownership for like a day or a couple hours and somebody was able to buy it over. That dude made a check, bro. I'm sure. That's awesome. So it's the same thing like yeah. Sean I'm saying. It just, it just comes down to, you know, imagine, place. you know, right now, obviously, right now you can buy land next to Snoop Dogg's house. I think it costs about like $250,000, which obviously is insane. Okay, I get it. And then there's some, there's some that go up to like 400K. But again, let's think super optimistic. Let's just think super optimistic. And let's say down the road, everyone is you know in the metaverse, okay? How much is that land going to go for? It would be like buying like an acre in Times Square. It would be uh, insane. 
Agreed. It's it's definitely optimistic and a an idealist and and a future play for sure. It's an individual. But let's also think about it like this then. Let's think differently because I understand you know Albert. Okay, yes. and Albert says, "Hey, this is dumb. This is stupid." Is there I another know. way that you can invest in the metaverse? Is there another way that you can go ahead and, instead of just buy land? Are there other ways that you can go ahead and do it? And I'll tell you right now, there's a very easy way that I think is a lot more logical. I think it's a lot more safe, and I do think it's a, it's a smarter way to go ahead and invest in the metaverse as well if you want to. So for everyone who's listening right now, you can invest into the metaverse index. If you don't know, the S&P 500 is an index, right? This is going to basically be a basket of the best plays. So the S&P 500 is going to be a basket of Apple, Microsoft, Netflix, so on and so forth. What you can do is obviously because there's many different metaverses that are coming out, as I kind of explained, they're more like a game if you want to think about it in that way. We could, again, take the top 15 metaverses, put them there and invest in those. So if you want to invest into the metaverse, you can actually invest into the MVI coin, which stands for the metaverse index. And that's going to, again, um, think about it as, you know, right now it's actually trading around $120 per coin for again, the metaverse, imagine if this is, imagine if this is the next Bitcoin, imagine if again, the metaverse blows on up, goes down the road, blows on up right now, you can get it at $120. Well, what if it turns into 2000, 3000, 5000, 10,000, 60,000, right? So instead of again, buying land, feeling all weird doing that, not knowing which is going to be the best again, metaverse out there, Type in MVI coin, that's the metaverse index, and you can go ahead and buy it right now. It actually just became available last April. And now, of course, is going to be an amazing time that, hey, maybe it turns into something crazy, you know? What platform would you have to use to buy that on? Like uh, the thing is, it, it is such brand new. It's so early. It's not on Coinbase. Uh, you have to go to, yeah. I think it's... Uh, I'm not even too big. It's like sushi. Hold on one second. I want to. I'll find it for you. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds real. Um, well, <laughs> well, while you look that up and then and let us know, we'll we'll, we'll pop over to our content rex because Dikembe could literally talk about this forever. Nothing makes Dikembe happier than I the metaverse. Index coop. Forever. There you go. Yeah, I read what's a it lot called? of weird stuff. People. Uh, index coop. Indexcoop.com. You can go ahead and buy metaverse cool mm. yeah and you could bet on the basket which it, that i like that's a good idea okay so people, i got you don't worry are, i got i got i got high risk i got lower risk but anything metaverse there's going to be some risk yeah of course of, of course right because it's fake world with the infinite space and you're buying fakeness um but you know who you sound like people in the 90s who was down the internet bro oh you man now look at us doing video calls with headsets on mics and bro, i can't wait till me and Dikembe are rolling around in our virtual yachts and albert gonna, is just walking around with us. Gonna land. i'm gonna be walking on the land nope. on earth by yourself the real land by yourself, on the sidewalk we're gonna have so many virtual babes with us virtual <laughs> babes, right? well, not getting any real babes here we hey, go listen, so here we go bro you should quit your job and try to work for like metaverse full-time and try to, you love it it makes you so happy. Real estate is a huge part of what's like, there's already. Yeah, but you should go into metaverse real estate. Once again, I'm gonna try to break this down for you guys. There's technology that is coming, right? That is going to bring everything. I'm looking out for you. Real estate is going to, there's all, I mean, once again, like you think about like what Zillow is doing with like home to virtual home tours, what agents have been doing with just throughout the Mm -hmm. pandemic and utilizing a lot of virtual tools to be able to schedule showings, to be able to buy real estate. I'm not even talking about like, realtor.com i'm talking like bro you should look into like facebook and like just work on this world yes i think yeah i mean that's pretty crazy people i mean the things is if you want to invest into the metaverse as well you could just invest into meta facebook Mm -hmm. facebook literally changed their name to meta 
People yeah. are like, oh, the metaverse isn't going to happen. It, like I was having daydreams the other day where I like buying MVI and let's say MVI turns into the next Bitcoin where all of a sudden you, um, it goes from $100 and 10 years down the road, it's at $30,000. And you're just sitting there and you know on CNBC TV, and they're saying, how did you get in so early? And it's Facebook, one of the biggest companies in the world, changed their name to Meta. I am sure there's going to be some sort of positive announcement somewhere down the road of metaverse technology. You know, when you're the when when you're one of the top five companies in the world and you change your name to Meta, talking about the metaverse, I'm sure you're going to have some announcements. You know, right now I am sure MVI is probably going to go up at some point down the road, and that's just because. People are again moving over towards it. You know, Meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call it, is going to have some sort of announcements down the road, which is also, going to make it spike. Also, what Square's new name is what? Block? Huh? Block. They changed it yeah. to Block for blockchain, right? Yeah. They're going to do a whole bunch of different things with the financial system. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a, it's a whole new wave. Not everything is going to last, right? So, going back to doing your research again, people, but see wherever it is you can get in, right? Because the, the wave is here. It is. And the thing is, I mean, if you even don't even want to trade any sort of cryptocurrencies, you can trade Meta, you can trade Microsoft, you mm -hmm. can also trade Nivea, NVDA yeah, is the, the ticker. Thing, like, you can also trade Matterpoint, uh, MTTR, ooh. that's a ticker. You know, these are... That's one that a lot of people don't know about. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of people looking at that. Or if you wanted to, again, you could trade another, you know, fund, uh, BITO, which is basically, you know, cryptocurrency market fund over on... These are all stock marketplaces. So you don't got to go on IndexCoop or, again, swap out your MetaMax wallet with Sushi. Again, I don't even know what the heck I'm talking about half the time. I'm just, uh, you know, yelling out these cryptocurrency coins. You know what I'm talking about? I don't... A new one, yeah. pops, up, a new one pops up every other day. And that's, oh, yeah, and that's I know. the thing, right? People, don't put, every, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify, right? Make the right moves and... Mm -hmm. Just play the defensive game right now because that's what we got yeah. matterport i'm looking at the chart right now that you see yeah it's actually been falling pretty good mttr yeah. I'm, it's trying a good to, time. I'm trying to tell you man you gotta you gotta well the reason it. why i mean look at it matterpoint is following a lot of this cryptocurrency hype and cryptocurrency world i mean mttr is absolutely getting destroyed same exact thing with nvda nvda is getting Ooh. destroyed but these are again these are stocks that are supposedly going to be again sending you know, uh, the metaverse, you know, into NVIDIA, the future. NVIDIA? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, Damn, big believer in NVIDIA. A, this that, is such a good that stock AMD, wreck. Between that. those two, NVIDIA and AMD, though, I mean, and TCM. Did you see that they actually became the largest company over in Asia now? Who? Um, Taiwan, what, uh, semiconductors? Yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah, all these semiconductors are crazy. They became the largest uh, company over there now, and... Once again, you think about another thing you can invest in, start reading up on those chip stocks. Chips are in everything, people. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Nvidia, um, MTTR, RBLX, Roblox. Yeah, that, like all, all of them have the same chart set up. Like all like of them look exactly the same. We got to get to the content because we're giving the people too much, man, because Roblox is another one. Bro, I'm all in on Matterport. Roblox I just did a just did a five minute read on this thing. Yeah, if if y'all are telling the <laughs> truth, all bro, it take, dude. I'm telling you, if you just got all in on Matterport. Give it one night. I'm just, Bro. you know, pour yourself up a little, you know, pour yourself up a little glass of whiskey, Albert, and just dive into the deep YouTube yeah. hole of real estate land, you know, land buying. And you are going to show up the next day at work. Oh, buddy, <laughs> you're going to lose half your friends. But you, you know you what? You're talking like me. Well, yeah. Bro, never. You're going to be talking like me. Never. That's the thing, just man. Just dive into the YouTube. I like this world. I am happy in my city. I do. I like this world, too. I, I don't want to go into the metaverse. <laughs> but you know what? There's going to be millions of people that are going to be going. And you want their money. So many and people you know here that, means that, that again don't like money. who they are, and they're going to go over there. That means money, right. all right, people. So let's be real. That's we all it is. Where the people are, because that's where the money at. All right. Yes.
What, yeah. What's your content rack of this week, Dikembe? Mm. Well, I have a good one. I talked a lot about education this uh, episode. Yes, so I'm actually, uh, it's funny because I was listening to, you know how I share Market Mondays? Yes. Right, with uh, uh, Earn Your Leisure. They do it with Ian Dunlap, right? Calls himself the master investor. And he recommended, he said, okay, everybody who is paying attention right now, stock market, who is just curious, you know, about just learning more and seeing how you can play out things like this, you should go back and read Principles uh, by Ray Dalio. Um, have you heard of it? We're probably mm-hmm. familiar with Ray Dalio. But when, basically, he just lays out things that just, ways that you can live your life responsibly, right? Because he is the head of what, Bridgewater Associates, one of the largest, um, you know, hedge funds that, in America, one of the most important companies here in America. And the amount of things that he's had to overcome in his time leading that company through different economic cycles, he basically breaks it down throughout this entire book, how you should manage work, how you should manage your life, and how you should just manage you know, your mindset going through these things. Because once again, they're cyclical, and you're going to see them come up over and over and over. So just manage it well. So principles. Principles. Yep. Nice. How about you, Deck? What do we got? Uh, I've actually, I've been... I'm running a lot lately. And then when I'm running, I throw on a nice little audio book, little, mm-hmm. little stereotypical, you know, to be honest on this one, but uh, I've been listening to Goggins, David Goggins can't hurt me. You ever listen to that? I read it. Have we had anyone recommend that yet? No, I don't think so. But that is on my like read every year list. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's a good I one. Read it as well. um, I got, I, I, I basically I'm on the last chapter right now. The first, like first half of it, you know, gets you pretty jacked up, you know, of course, just kind of learning about his life and then also going off into like the Navy SEALs. And I've always, you know, had like a fascination with that, you know, basically going through like the hardest the special ops camp, like in basically the entire world going through buds. So it's, it's cool to basically like hear someone talk about it who has no filter, you know? Yeah. And he really doesn't have a filter, but I mean, it's a great, no, it's a I mean, everyone knows him. Everyone knows he's just absolutely wild. So it's cool to just, you know, basically, uh, you know, hear him just talk about everything, like no mm-hmm. filter whatsoever. He doesn't care. You know, he's going to say everything. So you kind of kind of hear a lot more about it. And then while, of course, just going on a nice little jog, like the moment you, you start getting tired, you start hearing about this guy. You're just like, That's OK, I got to pick yep. it up a little bit. It really makes you check yourself. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so mine is actually a podcast I just started listening to. Uh, it's called Chasing Excellence with Ben mm. Bergeron. So Ben Bergeron and Pat Cummings are the hosts, um, and they're two prominent figures in the CrossFit world. I have mm. a crazy admiration for those people, especially like the elites, because they are just so much CrossFit better than everyone. Past two weeks. They are so much more fit than everyone. That's so funny. Um, it is crazy. I don't know what CrossFit does to you. Dude, just, it just makes you better. That's different. all. It makes you better than everyone, and I don't do it, and I should do it because it just makes you better. Um, but they talk about like improving yourself inside the gym and like how to overcome specific mental pillars that are huge roadblocks in CrossFit and improving yourself in real life. So chasing excellence with Ben Bergeron, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a good podcast. Mm. I'm gonna check that out. Cause I've been on a CrossFit, uh, bender. Yeah. I'm bro. not doing it. I just been all those documentaries videos. on Netflix make you feel so humbled. That's mm-hmm. Matt Frazier is, is, is an animal. You know, it was a pretty good, uh, Netflix documentary as well. You see, um, oh, what was that? I think, uh, 12 peaks. Or the guy who climbed every single mountain that's over 8,000 uh, kilometers, which is basically Mount Everest, K2, you know, every mountain that, you know, you didn't see that on Netflix. So I didn't watch that one, but I watched, I think we talked about it, The Alpinist. Dude, have you watched that? The ice I, I saw the first, I saw, actually watched that, like The Alpinist, after I watched, Bro. you know, uh, 12 Peaks, I believe it's called. I've never felt real life anxiety from a film like I oh. did from watching The Alpinist. Yep. Oh, that was like, um, what's the one with Alex Honnold that kind of started like the whole climbing um, Free Solo. Yeah, that one was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I that. to break that up into two parts. It was a little too much. 
100 crazy. Bro, the amount my hands were sweating watching The Alpinist, and this dude is just thousands of feet in the air with ice picks and he, no rope. He would just face the wall and just be like, all yeah. right, here we go. Crazy. Crazy people out there. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, man, as always. And uh, I'll keep listening, of course, to all the upcoming podcasts. And I obviously it. encourage every single person to make sure you guys subscribe to The First Sip. Appreciate it. And make sure you guys check out Deckmar's YouTube channel. Make sure you check out his page. Just where can they find you Social on socials? Yeah, uh, so every single day I live stream all my trading on tradecaster.com. Every single person that signs up, 100% free seven-day pass. You guys can watch the live stream. We have over 1,500 members. So you guys are an amazing community of like-minded individuals just like yourself who are all trying to become successful stock traders. You got one-on-one time. I work with you. We break everything down. We do have a video library with over 250 hours teaching my strategy step-by-step. So not only can you watch and learn in your in the video library, but you can also watch and learn while I'm live speaking and live trading and you can see every action i do this way of course you can see how i trade and how i make a living off trading mm, i like that nice little ad space there and he's made a sick living yeah he yeah. has check him out um check yeah him out. check him out tradecaster.com everyone thank you so much as always this is 51 episodes me and dikembe are going to wrap it up next week with a year's worth of episodes we cannot be more grateful uh it's been an incredible run with that being said enjoy the first sip. Mm-hmm.